stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, 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 what's up, party people? It is showtime. My name is Tony Gapastone. I'm so glad you're tuning in today for our special, our special, special Brave Maker show featuring Sundance selections. I am a uh, filmmaker, writer, director in Redwood City, California. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm wearing an orange, pretty obnoxiously bright orange shirt. Someone said I look like I belong in a penitentiary, which is fine. Uh, but I'm happy to be with you as a Caucasian man with brown hair, wearing some ridiculous kind of old 70s looking glasses as well. But I'm always with my friend, my collaborator, co-host, and now I can say producer of our second feature film for Brave Maker, hey, Christina, Christina Jackson. <laughs> oh man, Tony, that feels good. Producer. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to put on this hat. Yes. Uh, thank you and welcoming to the show, Christina Ray Jackson. I am a filmmaker, a writer, an actor here in the Bay Area, and I'm an African-American woman sitting in my studio in Dublin, California, in my favorite power chair, the Will Model C by a company called Will, and that's W-H-I-L-L. we got some wild pink curly hair with pink butterflies everywhere because the theme this year is love, uh, but I'm still doing the comic book stuff, so I'm rocking the Wakanda costume today. Wakanda forever, everyone always and forever thank you tony for having new, me <laughs> yeah if you're new to us because you're following these uh, amazing sundance filmmakers you're wondering uh who we are we do this every wednesday on our facebook page and twitter and youtube so thanks for tuning in and i want to encourage you please go follow christina and watch her cosplay every week she turns up a mashup of comic characters and superhero creature it's just the coolest thing and i love working with her but we're gonna do our banter really quick before we bring in our special guests because you're here to hear them mm. we always ask this question because we believe getting to your creative goals making your films whatever it is starts one thing at a time one small step we call it braving your way so how are you braving your way this week towards your creative goals christina real real easy i've been doing this <laughs> keeping my chin up uh had a couple uh setbacks things like that you know i'm trying to push this comic book across the finish line which is next week you know that is feeling it, like is it's it due next right week it's coming corner. out next week it's it's supposed to be out next wednesday but you know it's like one thing and then that and then there's like a lot of fires like putting out a lot of fires right now. So the goal is next Wednesday. Um, and I'll leave it at that. That's how I'm braving my way. I'm hopeful. My first comic book will be out next Wednesday. There, I said it. <laughs> what about you, Tony? How are you braving your way this week? Well, I'm super excited that our trailer for our feature film, Last Chance Charlene, came out into the world publicly today. <laughs> so cool. So go so to our cool. YouTube channel and find the, the, the trailer there. We're really excited. We just got our first feature film a selection our first film fest selection which will be in april can't say what it is until march you know how that works but we're excited to have an online premiere Ow! in april with a film festival and then they're, they're giving us a in-person screening later in the year when it's safe super super cool stuff braving your way making congratulations movies. yeah thank you yeah. and then we're doing a table read tonight for the next feature film that christina's gonna star in so, so many cool things, but you're, yeah, just follow us. You'll hear all about it, but let's bring in our, our co-host. We have a co-host, a third, yes. a third, not a third wheel. So third, cool. Cause third, well, third wheels are good when you're on a tricycle. You need to, you need a third wheel. Jim Cummings. <laughs> Welcome Jim Cummings. Yeah, baby. All right. 
Cool. This is Jim's Very second cool. time being on the Brave Maker Show. We met two years ago, three years ago. I forget. We met in 2019. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, yeah. At Sundance, <laughs> actually at Slam Dance, we were in the hallways of Slam Dance, and then we we recorded a podcast uh, with with like just the headphones and the mic, and then he came on live afterwards. Super cool. And Jim is responsible for this show happening today because he saw someone tweet you're going to meet saying, hey, Sundance is all online. We should do something to help filmmakers. And I saw it. And then Jim said, yeah, let's do a live show. And so we're here. So thanks, Jim. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Meet Christina. I I want you to know Christina. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's nice to meet you. I just missed you the last time around. I started the show online and think we just missed each other and now here we are like two years later so welcome to the show I'm you are, you setting up the, the manifestation to say i'm going to release the comic book i think like setting a deadline for me the date then you can't go back on it and it's like well i said I it once on the internet now i ha- I now i'll be a liar unless i do it so i got accountability that right kind of pressure I, yeah accountability i've been using that since day one you know i've been putting because if i don't you know it's real easy to push deadlines back you know i never got it done and that's enough. <laughs> I'm going to get it done. So that'll so, be next week. So Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. You're going to see uh, Christina in a really cool world that she has created with an amazing imagination that she has. And we're super excited to see it come to life. Jim Cummings, uh, many of you know him. If you don't, he is... I, I would attribute Jim, you be responsible for some of my journey too. Like just inspiring people to go. Stop waiting. Stop waiting on someone to give you permission. Stop waiting for money. Stop waiting for the gatekeepers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jim is also a Sundance filmmaker, and he won the Sundance Short Film Award for Thunder Road in 2016. Yeah. And, right. And he yes, turned that today to the date today. Date. Oh, no happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Congrats. Wow. Super cool. Uh, Jim has been just braving his way by making stories happen. Short films turned into feature films that then won South by Southwest that then became major money makers in self-distribution and created a whole new conversation, rattled the industry as we know it today. And we're happy for it because we're, we're learning from you, ma'am. And we're, we're doing it. We're, we're yeah, working on our second are. feature and feel like vanishing angle. Like we love all the stuff you're putting out into the world. Oh, yeah. So Anybody can do it. There is no magic to it. It's just uh, as soon as you can ignore the power dynamics and do it on your own. Um, yeah, the, the biggest hurdles to jump over are in your mind and making movies. Is mm. easy. All right. I so, Jim, <laughs> Jim, we've got three films yeah. that we're going to celebrate today. And yeah. and we actually well, were supposed to have a fourth, but they had to cancel last minute. And I'm actually glad they did because it would be kind of hard to handle all these great, amazing people. So today, uh, let's bring on one one at a time. Know, should we bring on all of them and we'll kind of focus on them one by one? What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah it'll be a party. Let's bring okay, them all Okay, here we in, go. And then, yeah. All right, here we go. We're going to welcome in Sundance Filmmaker 2022, Akanksha, Gabriella. Welcome, Akanksha, Gabriella, <laughs> Joey. And Helena. Welcome to Rock the Great Maker Helena. Show. <laughs> yeah. Welcome hello. to the Sundance party, guys. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hi. Man, we're, we're super excited that you're here. I'm going to turn it over to Christina. She'll do uh, have you all introduce yourself and tell you that our, our producer, Alex Todd, is also doing quotes underneath. So say things that are fun and witty and helpful to other <laughs> filmmakers. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Right. No pressure. Yeah. 
You're no gonna be pressure. Winning your not not too difficult i'm sure you'll <laughs> come up with a couple it's so great to see all of y'all well how about I let's know. go around and we'll do quick introductions uh for our audience we do we are live yeah. watching live feel free to drop in comments and questions below but for those who are watching or listening on the replay i want you to be able to hear people's voices and get a visual description of who they are gabriela will you start for us of course hello i'm gabriela ortega i am a writer director of the short film Weya, playing at the Sundance Film Festival's short, se uh, short section. And I almost tripped in all my words because we're live. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not nervous at all. Please don't quote that. Um, oh my God, I'm here. Okay, I'm wearing a, a lime green shirt over like a black kind of halter top. I promise it looks pretty good. Um, I have curly black hair and I am a light skinned brown woman and very happy to be here. Hi. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> yeah, that <works>. That's great. <laughs> I'm Akanksha Krasinski. I am the writer, director, and uh, also I'm also the actor and editor of Close Ties to Home Country, which is in the shorts program at the Sundance Film Festival this year. Um, I am a 32 year old Indian woman and I have long dark hair and I'm wearing a pink hoodie and uh, green glasses. Hello, I'm Joey Izzo and I am the writer, director and editor of a short documentary called You've Never Been Completely Honest that is pre uh, premiering at this year's Sundance Film Festival. I am a white man in a white room and uh, I'm wearing a brown corduroy shirt and i got clear glasses like those glasses all right last <laughs> but not frames. least two two for one in the same square yeah <laughs> hi um i'm rafael tomaseto i am originally from brazil i have brown hair and fluffy beard and mustache i'm wearing a black shirt and uh a necklace with a green Brazilian stone. Hola, I am Elena Sardinha. I am the producer of Weya, Gabriela's short film in Sundance. Hafa is my co-producer. Yes, and I forgot that. to mention, I'm one of the producers of the amazing Weya. <laughs> yeah. I'm a woman of Latin descent. I have curly brown hair and brown eyes, and I'm also wearing a black shirt. We are wearing our producer uniform, black on black on black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. So we do have a full show today, but I love hearing origin stories. We got to start there. And even though he's a co-host, Jim, real quick, can we hear where were you born and raised? How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the amazing work you're doing in film today? Yes, sure. Uh, let me introduce myself uh, as well. Sorry, Jim. I am. Yeah. He is, sorry. I'm the only one that didn't do it. Um, for the vision impaired, I am wearing a blue sweater and I am in the parasite house. It looks like a bit, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, introductions. I was a producer for six years and was helping other filmmakers to get their stuff off of the ground. I had a few very talented friends that I graduated from Emerson College, uh, the film program there with, and we had a bit of stumblings into getting Vimeo staff picked on earlier things, which was like a huge deal for us um, in 2013 or 2012. 
And um, for a long time, I felt like I wasn't really an artist. And then I met a couple of artists and they were like, yeah, there's no magic to this. There's nothing special about it. You just have to do all the hard work and make something that you would want to see in a dark room in Park City. And uh, I watched a thousand short films on Short of the Week and um, and uh, went to South by Southwest and saw the shorts program there. And I thought, oh, I can I can do it myself. I, there, there's nothing that discredits me from being able to do these things. And then we made the Thunder Road short in about six hours in a funeral home in 2015. And it won the Grand Jury Prize in 2016. And my raison d'etre ever since has been to tell other filmmakers in the next generation that all of those fears and feelings of inadequacy are bullshit and you can do it yourself and you shouldn't listen to the little voices in your head that tell you that you're not good enough. I guess that's my introduction. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. That's a solid intro. And if you, you want to see a wild, brave performance, check out Thunder Road. <laughs> and that poor guy, we put him through hell. <laughs> he went there though. He was free, a free performance. <laughs> I'm so stoked for y'all. I'm. It, it's such a wild experience to look back in time six years and see all of you. Some acting as well, Kongsha acting in your film. It's it's incredible, and people are digging them, which is great. It's a it's a wonderful experience, and this journey is just beginning. It's strange to say. Um, I've known Joe Joey for a couple of years now, and mm -hmm. he's been doing other crazy things, and uh, <laughs> and so, so I'm not surprised. Um, but it's really wonderful, and I, I feel like. What sucks is that the festival went digital. It happens, obviously it's a terrible thing. It has to happen, um, it seems. But this is the best part of it. Like, I think a lot of people will go to the festival and try to network up instead of across. And that's the most important thing that you can do is to meet other filmmakers from around the world who have the same perversions that you do and the same drive to make weird stuff. And, um, and often that will be a bigger inspiration for your next 10 years than you know trying to climb some ladder or build a chair at a table that is stupid to sit at anyway you're here so true i feel like i've had a bunch of good quotes that should come up at the bottom of the screen I now. Know. <laughs> come on she's typing she's typing <laughs> oh my god it's so fast <laughs> well let's 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 chat about uh your your journeys everybody real quick how did you become that filmmaker what's your your origin story, Akanksha, why don't you start? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Saudi Arabia, which um, I'm originally from India. I was born in India and then I wasn't even two weeks old and my family decided to move to Saudi Arabia because they have good taste in countries, I guess. Um, and that was really rough being a little girl growing up in a culture that has no regard for women. And um, I couldn't do things like, like regular kid things, like go outside to play or like learn to ride a bike or whatever I just had to be indoors all of the time and so I grew up very much just like reading books and watching tv and curiously it was always like American tv and like American movies that like had made their way um as as the west does it colonized the world um and so I grew up just kind of fascinated with the power of of cinema to like you know move and also like serve as a form of escape and i just I, I realized that that's what i wanted to do i didn't think for a long time that it was available to me because i didn't really see many or any women directors um growing up and it ended up being complete happenstance that i the only place i applied to graduate school didn't have a writing program they only had a directing program so um 
so this is this is my graduate thesis film and i i'm just i feel very very lucky and blessed that i got to do what i wanted to do so cool it's such a great short too i gotta tell you i i really love the quirkiness of it i'm a huge dog fan so if you love dogs you gotta see and and i kind of got a little choked up when i saw the very end of it i don't want to give a spoiler no no dogs die but the dog died in real life which is kind of sad yeah it made me feel something that was nice <laughs> she was like the best dog too like that was that that dog was my soulmate like i got i became a real dog sitter for like two and a half years after that and she was very special. Now, Sundance is not paying us or endorsing this podcast. It's all on, on Rogue, but you can still go and watch these shorts. It's all okay? love. That's right. They're, they're still there. Go check them out. The shorts are all available at Sundance.org, and we really encourage you to do it. We're going to hear more about that later. Let's hear from Joey. You're, by the way, Joey was from Redwood City, where I am right now. What? Come on, Joey. Right. So you we know met, my... We met no. virtually in Sundance in the little yeah. geeky room. Yeah, I went right up to him. I'm like, you're from Redwood City? What the press wear on this? What the fuck? You know? And like, um, yeah, I'm from Redwood City, California, which is uh, small suburbs of the peninsula of the Bay Area. And um, I've always been obsessed with movies. I've uh, worked at four video stores throughout my my days. And that's really like kind of how I initially made my friends. I uh, would I was like that kid at sleepovers that would bring over all the horror movies and sneak them into your parents' houses and show you all the movies that your parents wouldn't show you. So from there, it's always been a matter of really relationship building and finding people that think like-minded with me has really been at the center of all of my work that, um, yeah, kind of started early. And then I went to school at San Francisco State University. And especially after making this project, I'm I'm really only now realizing how much of an influence that school and growing up in San Francisco really was at the time. They mostly focused on experimental film and documentaries and documentaries at that time were not big money makers. And so I was really trained by really inspiring professors. And I was really around a lot of interesting students that were trying to really push the envelope and try and put something new out in the world. And so I think I've always tried to, you know, see a bunch of stuff and find the gaps of of kinds of films that I haven't really seen. And so I, I really started in the experimental film world. And I really mean with like a capital E, like I was making collage films, 30 minute collage films that felt kind of like four hours. <laughs> and I sort of <laughs> drifted eager for more of an audience response. I drifted into narratives. And that led me into making extremely well dark comedies i guess and uh, i've been doing a lot of fictional work and only recently now i've found myself more into a documentary space but it's somewhat hybrid because it includes reenactments and animation and so yeah i find myself like kind of at a kind of weird blend of kind of my past and my upbringing and uh what really means uh, the most to me and kind of a new direction forward. I've never really made a documentary before. So this is a new experience for, for myself. So yeah, that's a little bit. Uh, Christine, Tony, Christine, yeah. Christine and I were watching you never been completely honest at the same time and tweeting or messaging <laughs> tweeting. each other. Yeah. And uh, so those of you who haven't seen it, it's animation, it's it's live action, it's archival um, audio. It is and it's 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 crazy. Christina, it's crazy. It's Christina, Palo Alto. 
That's right. In Palo Alto, kind of where we live, Christina messaged me, what did I just watch? (laughs) What was your first response? I was like that. I was like, what did I just watch my mom watching this? So I can't cuss. Uh, Yeah. And I have to say, Joey, you have been extremely successful in creating something that you found that gap. That's what I'll say. You found that gap. It was, uh, I'll say, extraordinary. I can't even take my eyes away. I was horrified and enthralled. You know, it was it was a wonderful Thank experience you. to see this film. Very, yeah, yes. Thank okay. you so much. It's wonderful here. <laughs> and, and we're definitely going to want to hear what it was like being in Jim's experience. And Jim, we want you to talk about that later too. But yeah. in a very different fashion, <laughs> with a I think a cool sort of mashup of film ideology and genre was Huela. Gabriella, talk about this beautiful piece that celebrates and expresses grief. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I am Dominican. I grew up in the Dominican Republic and I moved to the US when I was 18. I didn't go to formal film school and I love to say that, <laughs> but I did grow up acting and, and doing theater. So I ended up going to USC, but not for what people think I went to USC for. I went to USC in the like edge of campus at the theater school and But funny enough, because of like financial aid, I ended up working at the cinema library where people would come in and like rent PTA movies all the time and be like, you know, yell at me for not having what they want. Um, But through that, um, when I first started started acting in the U.S., I was a little dissatisfied with the kind of roles I was going out for and the sort of narratives that were out there for Latino characters and being someone that's an immigrant, but also very much identifying with being here in the US and culture here, I sort of felt the need to write myself into the narrative, which I think um, a lot of people here do. And, and I think it's it's sort of the heartbeat of the indie filmmaker. And I started doing like one person shows and writing for myself and acting and writing for myself and that kind of thing. But I think in 2017, it came to a point where I started sort of letting other people direct my writing. and though they were pretty great at it. And and I have so many amazing collaborators in so many different countries from so many different places. I was like, I kind of saw this differently. So I was like, do I want to be a director? Um, And in that journey of like, you know, putting my savings into projects, working for free, PAing for everyone, doing whatever for, you know, all, you name it, I've done it. Um, I started building a little portfolio for myself and I actually, my first short film ever was a portrait documentary of my dad uh, in that sort of like little hybrid space too, but I filmed it with my phone. Um, and I know people are like, film with your phone. And I know people get annoyed by that, but it really did amazing things for me. And it kind of got me back to my basics of what I wanted to do. And I ended up licensing that to HBO. And that was like crazy. Cause it's something I did with like 300 bucks. Um, and then while having this like portfolios, then I applied to Lena Waits Rising Voices program for a chance to like make this really crazy short way um, with some actual funding. And so this has been the culmination of sort of, I don't know, c- coming in and, and kind of believing in that these stories that I really want to tell. And as you were talking to him, just making the table you know, um, and also working with producers and my friends like Rafa and Elena has been amazing. Um, and, and again, I'm just happy to be here and, and, and to see so much great work. It's it's pretty crazy. 
I love it. I love how you have, yeah, stumbled into filmmaking. Just real quick, a show of hands. Who here is a first generation filmmaker? Damn. That's everyone but Jim raising their hand. Very cool. Yeah. And who? Joey. And me, Joey. Oh, Joey. That's cool. So, so Jim, what questions are stirring in your mind as you hear these filmmakers and their journeys? I mean, it's all so familiar and it's uh -huh. really confirming for me and for you, I'm sure, of like mm -hmm. the, the people who end up taking the risk and putting themselves on camera and putting the things they love from their heart onto film, they end up getting celebrated for it. And, you know, nothing's changed in the last six years <laughs> since I was there. Um, and it's it's so true. It, it's nice. Like, you know, I always knew that I was going to be a decent actor. Um, I'd never gone to a proper school for an education in acting, but I also never would have been cast in anything had I not taken a bet on myself and put myself in something. So like, it's the same thing with directing. If you can make something short and prove yourself as a filmmaker, just to, I don't know, show off your abilities and craftsmanship, like that's a much better way of doing it than working as an assistant somewhere, hoping that someone will take you seriously five years from now. It's like, you kind of have to grab a camera and go and do it yourself. Um, it's really great. It's really great to hear. I'm glad that people are doing that still. If you're just tuning in or you're watching or listening, uh, we're also showing images from our guests' Instagram pages. We'll keep those in the show notes if you're watching on the podcast. But uh, we've also got Jimmy C, That's Me, uh, showing right now. And Jim's latest film, The Beta Test, <laughs> is a great film. I love industry films. I love films that kind of peel back. Like I was a you know, huge fan of Hacks and uh, the TV yeah. show and Entourage back in the day. I just love... I, I also love The Other Two right now on HBO Max, formerly Comedy Central. Such... like. I just so gain funny. a lot because we all know that world, right? We all, and I know some people don't want to watch that, but I always do. So the beta test just made me so happy. And I love that it was a dark. It's yeah, like satirical. the meanest possible movie about Hollywood. It's great yeah. though. It's, there's so many <laughs> it's the opposite of Entourage. It feels like. <laughs> uh, so good. All right. So y'all, we want to hear what you learned on the hardest day of shooting your film. Things go wrong. How did you brave your way? How did you conquer those things? Uh, one of one day's one day of our set, we shot four or five hours with kids, studio teacher, wrapped everybody and realized we were all in the wrong wardrobe for our film, Last Chance Charlene. And we had to come back the next day. One of our actors was flying out. It cost us like a couple thousand dollars. It was the oh. worst. I had to take a lap around the neighborhood when I found that out and I was just devastated. But we made it and actually it made it better because we realized we could do some things with some props that we didn't think through and it was awesome. So what about you? What did you learn? On your hardest day, who wants to go first? How about the producers? Raphael, Elena, what did you learn? Yeah. Producing, oh, producing this amazing <laughs> film with this director. What did um, you learn about producing? Lydia was very ambitious. And luckily, we had a lot of support with the fellowship, which was amazing. And not only financial support, but also a lot of mentorship, which was great. But it was ambitious because, you know, it's a short film that we had dense, we had um, visual effects, we had all these locations. It was, it's still coming back from the pandemic. And I feel like, but you know, but first day, an hour before we moved to the rooftop location. So if you have watched, you know, there's a dense scene in the rooftop 
we lost the location. Uh, so that was definitely like a small a first challenge that Elena and I had to like quick, like turn around and, you know, and figure something out. Um, but we did it and at the end of the day, as you said, you know, things, a lot of times things happen for a reason and ended up being much, a much better rooftop that worked out really well. Uh, so I was really happy, you know, we made it work and the film looks great, but it wasn't as easy as I'm saying now. It was the first day out of four uh -huh. and we were losing our hairs out. Right. You're being super humble. I just want to yeah. shout that out. I, wanna, I mean, I would say that for me, the biggest lesson of Waya, and I said this in another panel we had the other day, is that as producers, we're so used to being in the front of the film and taking others a lot of responsibility and troubleshooting and, and, and problem solving all the time. That is very hard for us to tap onto our own vulnerabilities and to ask for help when you need. And I think Whale was a film that really taught me that, that it's okay even if I'm a producer, it's okay even if I'm a leader, to ask for help in times of need and to look for your support system for that. And that's something I really want to take with me in other films I do. And I think that came a lot with, you know, we had amazing executive producers in the project that now are really good friends and who, you know, we are taking them, you know, we're growing together. And I think that really, really helped us understand as independent producers, what, you know, uh, what a studio model could would look like, but in a, in a smaller format, um, which was really, really great. But what the fellowship had, which was amazing, we had all the creative um, independency. So, you know, Gabby, her decisions were, you know, whatever she wanted to do at the end of the day, they could have comments, but the decision was hers. And yeah. Um, and we have a very, very fast turnaround. It was crazy. We pre-produced this in three weeks. Yeah. Wow, nice job. Wow. Yes, we pre-produced it in three weeks. We shot it in four days and we post-production post was month. a month. And then we premiered in June. We started working in the end of March and we premiered in June. So it's just like insane. Congratulations. And can yes, people congrats. find it? Is it, gonna, is it available online now? At the Sundance Film Festival. After, <laughs> after Sundance, will it be anywhere? Yes, in the U.S. you can find it on Amazon Prime. Beautiful, Amazon Prime. Okay. okay. So now we're starting out with a uh, strategy for our premiere in Europe and in Latin America. Beautiful. Cool. Awesome. I think it needs to be interactive too. I can imagine it being in a really cool space and live music and dancing and all that. Kind of, it's so like amazing. It just really did something. Yeah, it really did something for me. And our film was about grief too and the exploration of the stages of grief. Uh, so through yeah anyway very cool akanksha let's hear about what you learned on your hardest day getting through close uh ties to home country well it was i feel like it became the hardest four days because um the hardest experience for us definitely was um that the location that we chose which was absolutely like a dream location i'm i'm very happy that we found it the couple who owned that penthouse um, wanted to be there throughout while we shot and uh, we couldn't afford to not have them do that. Like we, 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 we could only pay like, the amount that we paid was not enough to put them up in a hotel basically. And so they were on set um, 
throughout and they definitely felt like it was uh there it was okay for them to come and participate um <laughs> giving us feedback on shots and uh, uh that's a movie meeting with uh, having lunch with the with the pas and uh and, and showing them their camera gear that they've had since the 80s and how they you know so um so that was a, a lesson i learned where i was like okay so try to funny. make that not happen in the future <laughs> so you don't have to be taking lessons they also owned a dog food company but like the dog food had had like a bunch of lawsuits against it where it was like killing dogs and they kept trying to get me to put their dog food oh in our shots God. be like oh can no. you do like promote our dog food so i had to give them a couple i had to be like yes yes sure i'll i'll take you know we'll, we'll shoot something with your dog food um, but she would like sneakily try to come and arrange our PD and, oh, and dog, like, dog food. I and, can't, and, yeah. and no, this is real. This <laughs> happened. So yeah. So I very much absolutely learned to be very specific in contracts and make sure that like you can't be on set while we're filming. That's good. That's really <laughs> yeah. good. Practical. That's I, good. Yeah. This the strings that get attached with locations and people who give you things <laughs> yeah. for free can yep. really be problematic. And sometimes oh, yes. you say yes too soon. Cool. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Joey, you must have learned some practical things dealing with some of the wild things you have your actors doing. Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, sure. Well, yeah, our hardest day was our only day. We had one day to shoot. Um, so we had to really maximize our time and, and get everything that we really needed. The whole film is reenactments. We do have animation components, but those were uh, kind of doing, we we're doing that throughout kind of the post-production um period but the way that and we shot all the reenactments on on 16 and the way that we were able to do that under an extremely low budget is by really collapsing the post-production process into the pre-production and that's the thing that i really take away is doing as much as you can in pre-production as possible and as an editor i found myself really much more excited for the pre-production process um by being able to work through a lot of the editorial decisions ahead of time so i had basically an animatic with storyboards set to music i had the interview already cut and so i really knew ex down to the second every single shot that i needed to have and so when we went in to shoot this thing in one day um, we were so ready to, to just kind of run and gun and create this really free flowing process. And the only other way to really do that is to have a cast that is really down to work so quickly and so fearlessly, especially with some of the material that, you know, these, these guys were naked half the time and, you know, we're being put on crosses and in cages. So I really had to go to, you just uh, got a bunch more views on, on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really relied on some friends that um, have a clowning tradition. Um, all these people came from this small, kind of art theater uh that was called lyric hyperion it's now kind of shifted to different ownership but they all were kind of trained by my lead actor phil burgers and i would see their clowning performances these wild extremely um creative performances and so i just grabbed them all because they were familiar with each other i knew they would be comfortable and i've seen what they do on stage so i knew that they would not hesitate if i just said okay we need to shoot this now we need to put you in a chain and this person is going to be you know 
uh, peeing on you uh, simulated. Uh, you know, so it was finding the right group of people that were down to get nasty in one day. And, you know, and if it wasn't for the kind of pre-production plan that we had, I, I never, if I just walked in there with a script, it would never have happened. Are there like intimacy coordinators for what you did? Like, how do you mm. how do you handle the actor <laughs> when you're pretending to urinate on him and things like that? How do you care for them doing that? I think it's a matter. I mean, visually, I think we were very precise. You know, visually, they knew exactly what was going to be shot and they knew exactly what was going to be exposed. And we had. Um, you know, many prep conversations before the shoot. And like I was saying, these people are very comfortable with nudity. It's a part of their performance tradition. So what I was asking them to do was actually not too far outside of what you would see them do on a Wednesday night. And so um, I think given, Wednesday night for some people. <laughs> yeah, it just so happened. I think the context of it was a little bit different. And also the way that we shot, we were trying to uh, kind of simulate violence most of their and especially we shot during the worst of covid so we shot like january 7th of 2021 so we're all in masks and in part of the kind of creative strategy was to do things in montage so you never really see somebody you know nobody's ever really physically assaulted in the movie it's all kind of done through suggestive shots that are framed very close up so we were able to keep everyone feeling quite comfortable actually um that's true and yeah i'm just realizing that's true i never actually saw those things but in yeah. my mind, I feel like I did because it was so well <laughs> cut together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we left a lot of, you know, an animation was able to fill in a lot of the gaps. We didn't want animation just to fill in the gaps. I really wanted the animation to feel like the kind of more surreal aspects of a kind of memory space of our subject. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also wanted to kind of really ride the line of disgust. And so I, I, I really wanted to show reenactments that could ground people but then also use the animation for some of the more harrowing and disgusting aspects of the story uh i thought it would be a little bit more palpable i i, I wanted people to feel tense but i don't want them to kind of i don't want them to turn it off and so mm -hmm. i thought uh, figuring out that right you know line for myself at least was, was nailed crucial. it Nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you. Filmmakers, I want to give you a chance to also ask questions of Jim. So if you want to put Jim on the hot seat, ask a couple questions that might be helpful to you. I'll give you a, th a couple minutes to think about that. But Gabriela and uh, Kangsha, can you speak about directing yourself? Because uh, you had some emotions going on in there. You had grief. You had, uh, Kangsha, you cried for, I don't know, three minutes, I think, of your film. Is that right? Uh, which uh, the camera was like right here and you had to just emote and it was wonderfully well done. Gabriela, you had a lot in your film uh, expression of pain and sad. I mean, there was so much beautiful, gr miserable grief, wonderful grief. Talk about that, too. And kind of in line with what Joey was saying, you know, what was going on in front of the camera? How did you direct that and handle that? I'll go first. Um, I think for me, it was very important to stick to the truth of, of the emotional life of the characters. Working with Shakira Barrera, who is such a seasoned actress to me, she's a star and she's just such a wonderful human to work with, it was very important to like gain her trust 
in the rehearsal process and in the weird Zoom rehearsals that we had for, for dancing as well, to have her embody the dance and, and make it her own. As an actor myself, I just want to be the director that an actor wants, you know? So to me, it was very important to not milk it, you know? I, I, I was very intentional with everything I wanted and I knew exactly the kinds of shots I was going in for. You know, there's room for play. And I think with my DP, we were just like finishing each other's sentences by the time we were shooting. But to me, it was important to, to be super intentional with everything I told her so that she gave me exactly what I needed and we could get it in a few takes. And, you know, I, I personally think the more takes you do sometimes, the less authentic the performance is. Um, and since I come from theater, I mean, I'm like, let's go, baby. Now or never. Yeah. Um, and so doing that was, it was really great. It was a great exercise for me as a director to really be concise. And I think being concise and clear is really hard. So it was a great challenge for me to just be like, hey, we don't have a lot of time to do six shots of this. It's like six takes of this. Let's let's go. Like my shot list was mm-hmm. insane. It was like 30 shots a day. So I knew if I had to make my days, I had to be very clear. Um, and then in terms of like the grief and all that thing and, and all of that, I think I always try to find levity in in every situation. I think there's a lot of pain and emotion in the short, but there's a lot of resilience. There's even some moments of levity. And you know that I think we're when we're even when we're grieving, like I lost my grandmother a month after we premiered. Um, we sort of mirrored the film. And I remember in those days, I was both like super happy to be able to be home with my family and like read the eulogy and like be there for that moment and feel like so alive. And then I was grieving at the same time and felt her absence. But I think both things could exist at the same time. And I, I'm hoping that that's something that you see in the short, that you could be strong and vulnerable at the same time. Thank you. Yeah, the film that we just finished is about death by suicide. And everybody always says like, oh, it's dark. I'm like, but it's a dramedy. People, it's a lot of laughter and a lot of humor in it because that's how we cope, you know? So I totally appreciate that tension you're talking about and getting that on screen. Akanksha, don't forget, we want to ask questions of Jim. We're going to have Jim do some responses <laughs> too. Come on, Jim, you got some stuff. We want, we want to hear from you too. Akanksha, <laughs> what about you getting that stuff uh, expressed? Yeah, I think that I've always found making stuff as a means to process um, Mm -hmm. life and especially to process like the not so good stuff that happens in life. Um, This this story about me not having seen my sister in like a decade, I've been carrying it around for a long time, but I don't really particularly like share it with people like it's like you know it just it's it's very awkward to say to somebody oh yeah I haven't seen my sister in 10 years and then have them not immediately like try to solve the problem you know like why like what's how can we fix that how can we like try to get her sponsored and get her visa and da, 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 da. and it's not that simple it's just not like you and me can't solve that problem and so I found that um getting to make a film about it and like kind of there's the removal of the endless question asking because the truth is that that it's completely out of my hands and in the case of a lot of immigrants like um the immigration system that is so broken is largely it's out of our hands like we can't it seems like it's it's at the level of policy change and we, we can't you know there's nothing i can do about uh about the fact that i can't see her so i think that i needed to the safety of a performative space to go and to go and channel that um 
and and then it came down came down to finding the right players, like the right people who would make it into a safe space to be able to access that emotion. And so um, my producer, Felicia Ferrara, and my DP, Luke Daira, um, I trust them, like, you know, from the bottom of my heart. And it was thanks to them that we were able to create a safe space where I could I could really just, you know, share that. And um, and and yeah, <laughs> I'm really I think it really takes filmmaking is so collaborative. And I really think it, it takes finding the right people um, to tell your story. Uh, can we talk about that, Jim? I have a question for you just dealing with when you, when you think you found the right people and you realize you don't. Any thoughts around cutting people, firing people? How to no not- comment. Uh, no, uh, I'm really, you know, I've been making movies as a producer for 10 years and we've fired, you know, 500 people. And then there's like 20 people that we really love and that are all juggernauts and help on all of our films and make them great. Um, yeah, it takes, it takes forever. It takes a long time to figure out how you speak the language of film and then to get people around you that speak the same language. It's difficult. Um, Gabriella, that was interesting. You said about including levity in the film and Tony as well. Um, I always say if you don't make jokes throughout your movies, your audiences will. And I find that Mm. by making a film, especially a short film about a very austere subject and just approaching it with absolute drama and no levity, you lose the audience. Like there's so many missed opportunities um, that you could be winning the audience's attention and engagement. Um, and then in talking about making something about grief in a safe space, it, it's so important from the writing perspective for me to make something that is actively making me laugh and cry at the same time. Where like, as soon as you're doing that, you know that you found the right thing that's very good. Unless it's actually making you laugh or actually making you cry, you know, it's it might not be worth it to do it. And so like, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to have to explain to people where it's like, yeah, I was driving to work and I was crying for two hours listening to Christine. <laughs> And like, I can't explain to you why it has to be this song and I'm never going to get the rights to it, but it has to be this song because it's working for me and I'm going to be the guy up there next to the coffin. So like, um, it's such a weird thing that you can't learn in school. You have to learn it through your own fucking biology to be able to get the thing out of your body and onto the screen. It's, um, it's an interesting thing and I'm glad that y'all are also doing it. It warms my heart. (laughs) So powerful. So good. We got a few more minutes left, filmmakers. Any questions you have for each other, or for Jim, anybody? Open. We have a question for Jim, actually. Um, a lot of filmmakers, when they have shorts, uh, they use it as a calling card to develop into a feature like you did with Thunder Road. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your your experience with that, because that's... Oh, it's the, the mirror. Process. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm happy to answer that um yeah so so we were doing the short film of thunder road is the first real short that i had done that anybody took seriously um but even then we had 75 meetings in hollywood with top brass people that had turned you know saw into a feature or napoleon dynamite into a feature or whiplash into a feature and it never really led to anything it was actually like the the worst financial year of my life was 2016 and we won in january because I was expecting that there would be some sort of infrastructure to support the kids, the people that have a good you know, proof of concept. And we put it on Vimeo in June or July, and it got you know 500,000 people to see it. And from those audiences, we ran a Kickstarter campaign to make the feature of Thunder Road. 
And then as soon as that was successful, when we won South by Southwest, we started the short to feature lab, which Joey was in the first iteration of, where we help other filmmakers who have these shorts that are incredible proofs of concept to then partner them with, you know, celebrity filmmakers. Uh, we partnered Joey with Derek C. in France, who is a big fan, mutual fans now. Yeah, incredible. Um, but but that's, I feel like, our job. There isn't a real infrastructure to be able to help short filmmakers to then meet the next level um, and transition into longer format filmmaking. Um, nobody really helped us, and so we kind of had to build that highway. But it's my favorite thing to do. And um, I'm always here to help. If there's anything specific that I can do, I'll do it for free. Uh, I, I feel like there is no textbook written about this stuff. And so we've kind of made it our jobs to help out the next gen. Awesome. Any other questions for Jim, for each other? I want to hear what everyone's doing next. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, what's next? I'm excited about. How about you start, Gabriela? Can you start with yeah. your own question? <laughs> I want to turn Weya into a feature. I'm really excited about that. I'm actually, um, but also actively, um, I'm working on a video game. I can't say much about that. What? That's been cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, my goal Very is to cool. go to Comic-Con. I really want to be like, one of, like I really want to be like <laughs> there, even though I have nothing to do with like Comic-Con culture or, or like video games and stuff. I just really want to be part of that site, guys. Um, Let's collab. So <laughs> I, I mean, I know I've been. I'm excited for your comic book, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to turn that into a feature. Hire me, work, working, gonna, gonna do the damn thing. You know, I'm here. I'm hustling. You know, same old. <laughs> we'll yep, see what's yep. next. <laughs> All right, Gabriel. Thank you. Hey, by the way, if we can help Brave Maker, we fiscal sponsor filmmakers. We have seven fiscally sponsored projects right now, all different stages of development doc, live action, animation to help you raise money with the nonprofit. We love doing that kind of stuff. So if we can, let us know. Akanksha, what's next for you? I'm currently writing a screenplay, a feature, um, and I was hoping that Close Ties would be a proof of concept for that. But after hearing <laughs> Jim say that it's, uh, you know, I'm just like, oh, maybe I should just go and find Jim a Reaper. Job. You're listening to me. <laughs> Rip your dreams apart. Yeah, every every day I think to myself, I'm like, is this the, what, I'm, what am I doing really? Like, am I a fool? Like, should I find a real job? My boyfriend is a, he's very kind at, he's like good at reminding me. <laughs> he's like, you, do? you don't I mean, have a trust fund, but you act like you're a trust fund kid. <laughs> you just kind of sit around and do nothing and i'm I, like yeah, yeah I, you, i'd be terrible at anything else like i would be that's so the problem. That's no the real problem. jobs no real <laughs> jobs hashtag no real job you're doing great akansha keep going keep going yeah <laughs> it's the truth write yeah. that script write that Everyone script we want to see it write it please yeah, your boyfriend he's smart yes. yeah. <laughs> let us help you we're here to help you let's collab seriously yeah. joey what you got next um well i did want to just say that uh, I did take uh, Jim Short to Feature Lab, and I, I it was just on its own uh, uh, an incredible experience, and I recommend everybody apply because, I mean, yeah, he's a great teacher, and he keeps good company. So every just being able to share that space with everybody and to discuss everything was incredibly helpful just in and of itself. And I feel like I'm still kind of learning the lessons. I think it's very it's very hard to recognize the truth, at least for me, until it happens to me. And so, you know, I found myself somewhat resistant as many of us might think that we're gonna be the exception 
to you know some of the harder truths that Jim is saying. And after a couple of years of passing, I'll say that it's becoming more and more true. Like you only kind of realize it when things do come to you, you know, or you think that they're going to come to you. So, you know, the sooner you could learn those lessons, the better. And I'm kind of in the middle of that myself. And what's next for me uh, is going to be a series adaptation of the short. So this is sort of like the origin story of a much larger thing that I want to uh, I want to tackle, which would be the self-help history of self-help seminars. So that's next. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Dang. I love it. Do that. That's cool. <laughs> Rafael, Helena, anything you want to add? Whatever Gabrielle is doing, you're going to produce, we're assuming, but anything else that's different? <laughs> yeah. We work with Close Live Gabby, but we work a lot with other collaborators. We are developing a TV show in Alaska, which is pretty cool and other feature films um, in development in Latin America. We have a film in Beirut. Um, so a couple of cool things coming our way. Fantastic. And Jim, we know you're shooting something because I saw you posting some NDA stuff, or not NDA, but undisclosed things, right? <laughs> you shooting in LA, you found some dog or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I found dogs. Yeah, there were dogs roaming in the street for the shoot um, of my, my fiance's. We, we shot a, a short film actually with overlapping actors for Joey's short, which is so strange. Oh, nice. Oh, great. Yeah, Bill O'Neill actually oh. came to do it. And we were like, we're talking shit about you for the whole time. <laughs> Please um, continue. But Wait, no, Bill O'Neill is the brother of my friend, Moira. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Bill O'Neill from Moira. Yes, that's <laughs> um, And then I'm just writing stuff. I'm never expecting anybody to give us any money to do it, but it's making me laugh and uh, I'm having a fun time doing it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not trying to have any more expectations than I would have six years ago you know I'm, I'm still just trying to make little things with my friends mm-hmm. yeah i think one yeah um following what jim said i think you know one of the things that gabby elena and i were drawing to each other besides being neighbors best friends and really good collaborators so we just like hustle through like as like three immigrants in this town we're like like we're gonna <laughs> work through it like we're not going to be expecting for people to like giving us money or giving us a call like we're going to do it do you want to be part of it amazing do you not want to be part of it we're still making it we're going to find our way through and you know anyways we're really happy to you know one thing that it's really important like when we found out about sentence we all like cried together and we're like you know it's special because we're making it with people that we love and at the end of the day like we're drawing to finding amazing collaborators with like to call you know people to make art with so yeah that's a great way to end get on the train or get off or get out of the way <laughs> or we're gonna run you over come on so <laughs> you all are wonderful amazing makers thank you so much for your time christina and i know we're super inspired by your films uh love being connected to you jim these past few years thank you we got connected to danny madden because of you and we had beast beast and jose angeles who's up in, I mean, <laughs> just so many cool cool things uh, if we can be a resource to you all we would love to uh help you in any way possible thank you yep we thank want you guys. we want to do a quick uh, picture so don't go away but christina tell them what's coming up next week yes we have a great show next week uh let me not mispronounce her name Sujate, is that it? Mm-hmm. Tony, did I get that uh, from Insecure? Yep. We will have her on the show next week at 4 p.m. And Sujata also yeah. has a film. Sujata. 
She has a film on uh, Netflix right now called Definition yes. Please. So check her check out. out. She's going to be on the show. She was on the original uh, Diary of a um, Awkward Black Girl with Issa Rae. And now she just dropped her first film on Netflix. So she'll be on with us live next week. And we so, are so excited to have her here. We're yeah. so excited. Uh, just as excited as we were at these Sundance filmmakers. But thank you all for watching Absolutely. the show. We are a nonprofit. We do all of this work because you all support us. And if we can support you, hit us up. Let us know. That's why we're here. We're really easy to find. Christine and I are super active on socials. You can go to BraveMaker.com or find us on all the socials at BraveMaker.org. Thank you to those donors and corporate sponsors who give us everything from the gear we use to help us pay the rent and insurance and help us do our film, Last Chance Charlene, which if you go on our YouTube page, is the trailer is there. Check it out. And tonight we go into our first table read of Go, Veronica, Go, which is Christina Jackson. <laughs> We're very, 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 very excited. All right. Uh, makers, stay tuned. We're going to take one picture with you. We're going to do our outro and then we'll be back. Uh, Brave Stories Change the World. And you are the story. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>